Welcome to Woke and Wired, a new conversation about expanded consciousness and entrepreneurship. This is episode two of Woke and Wired, and I'm so excited to welcome my very first guest, Jules Hunt. You may know her from her Instagram and blog, Om and the City. Jules is a mindful lifestyle blogger that has worked with such cool brands like Athleta, Lululemon, Whole Foods, and Alberts. She has one of the fastest growing wellness blogs in the industry and a very loyal community that follows her very personal journey from gut healing to getting off birth control, starting her own blog and making money off of it, as well as her move from New York City to Austin. I am so excited to share this episode with you because we get very real in talking about the nooks and crannies of being a wellness blogger and what the business is actually like and what the day-to-day is actually like. We talk about what it takes to run an actually profitable blog in the oversaturated world of social media, how to get compensated for your time, energy, and art as a blogger, how to create sponsored content in a genuine way, and how, this is my favorite, how to use social media to manifest a lifestyle that you want, getting unstuck and finding your own om in difficult situations, like not liking your job, not letting opinions of other people stop you. We also discussed the importance of having a plan when you quit your job, Another thing we discuss is how to set healthy boundaries between growing your personal brand and having a personal life, strategy versus intuition, and how her relationship with her boyfriend started on AIM when they were in eighth grade. We also covered the power of morning and evening routines, and this could be one of my favorite topics discussed, how a kick out the door is sometimes the best thing to get us moving in the right direction and really stepping onto our path. If you enjoy this episode, I would really, really appreciate it if you take a moment to rate and review the podcast and share it with a friend that might enjoy it as well. And if you feel inspired, share it on your Instagram stories and tag me at wired. I am excited to hear from you, but most importantly, I just really hope that you enjoy this podcast as much as I did recording it. Here we go. Jules and I, we met at a wellness event, at a wellness brunch, and we kept running into each other and seeing each other in the same wellness circles, and then just naturally we somehow hooked up, and I came over to Jules's place, filmed her morning routine, that video is coming up on the Breakfast Criminals YouTube, and we just talked and talked and talked for hours about everything. And both Jules and I are in the middle of rebranding right now and really coming out with some things that are really near and dear to our hearts, so I'm so stoked that we'll be talking about some of those things today. And welcome to Woken Wired. Thanks for having me. So, Jules, your Instagram bio says, NYC, wellness, realness, helping humans get unstuck and find their own. Blog, YouTube, eat, etc. That sounds cool. And you have all these beautiful, beautiful pictures of doing yoga and you were just in an Alberts campaign. No big deal. Amazing. <laughs> so, what I'm curious is, what do you actually do? What do I actually do? Yes. Um, I feel like I wear a lot of different hats. Um, when I started my blog, I had one intention, and that intention was to connect with like-minded people and to help them get inspired to live a healthier life. But since then, it's definitely evolved into something deeper than just inspiring people and helping them through you know, food and exercise and things like that. It's definitely still something that I strive for, but I know that I'm starting to change gears into... What can I do to more, what can I do to impact people on a bigger, deeper, more authentic level? And I know authenticity is just a very overused word, but I really don't have another word that can better describe how I feel right now. Um, I feel like Instagram just has a lot of noise. There's so much, so much saturation in terms of um, the blogging world. And I really just want to connect back to the core of who I am 
and the audience that I am connecting to. So that's kind of going into my rebrand, and that's why I say wellness slash realness. So who are you and what's the audience you're connecting to? So who am I? That's a very (laughs) tough question. And that is actually something that I'm working with my astrologer to actually put into words because I feel like I know who I am, you know, in terms of how I feel, but getting that into words is something that I think we all kind of struggle with. You know, I don't have like a one-liner of who I am, but I know that I am passionate about helping people. And I, when I say help people get unstuck and find their own, it's because when I was going through my blogs from back in 2015, 2014, I noticed a common theme of how I was in situations where I felt stuck. I felt hopeless. And then I've somehow found my way out of it. And it's not just about saying, I'm going to quit my job and things are going to be better immediately. You know, it's it's also finding out like, what is my strategy behind this? And how am I going to take these steps to actually like put my dreams into motion? So I'm all about taking action and making a plan, not just quitting something cold turkey and having no idea what I'm doing and be like a chicken with my head cut off. I really want to help people make these decisions that are going to impact them and set them up for success in the long run. That's so cool. And, you know, I think what makes you really different is a lot of the times, and I used to be that person, being super honest, when someone asks me what I do and how I got there, I would say a very sweet version of what happened. I would say, you know, my heart was broken, I lost my job, and then I started posting pictures of my heart bowls, and then Lululemon reached out, and I got famous and discovered, and and now I make money doing what I love. You know, it, it sounds so romantic and fabulous, but looking back, there was so much before that. If I could tell you how many websites I started, how many blogs I started, like how many different pathways and how many jobs I've had mm-hmm. before that and how everything really built up to that. And I think that's one thing that we have in common. You know, we were just, as we were drinking our uh, CBD mint lattes <laughs> and we were setting up, Jules told me something I had no idea about is that she used to have this YouTube channel where she posted <laughs> covers of songs. And then yes. that her blog started as advice on coconut oil and how to use it to heal your skin from cystic acne. Mm-hmm. And, and now it's transformed into something so much bigger and, and different. And it's fascinating to see how, you know, entrepreneurial path may seem like, oh, you do this one thing and you get successful and you get famous and you start making money. But really, there's so much thinking and strategy. And so whenever someone comes to me and says, hey, you told me to follow my passion to, you know, be consistent in posting and really share my message. And I've been doing that for two months every day and nothing's happening. Mm-hmm. Because there's not like a one, two, three step-by-step process to right. any of this. There's not a special formula that's going to make something magically be successful. Exactly. So if, not, if there's not a formula, what was it for you? Because I know you come, like myself, from a fashion background. Mm-hmm. And so how did you go from working in fashion, not loving your job, and then quitting it and really finding the courage to do what you loved? I think what it all boils down to is that I've never been afraid to be myself. So amongst, you know, all the noise, amongst all the different ways you can compare yourself to people on the internet, I've always stayed true to who I am. And I know that's very cliche, you know, it's easier said than done. But for me, when I really tapped into who I was and what I was passionate about and what I really enjoyed speaking about and what people responded to, that's when I found my niche and that's when I realized you know, this is what I'm meant to do. I found my groove. And that's when I was able to start feeling that abundance of energy in terms of cash flow, in terms of the relationships in my life. And it just all blossomed to, it's like a big web. Like once you find your core and your center and you feel secure in that, then the rest of it will start to unfold around you. So so how do you find your core? How do I find my core? Well, I feel like we're always evolving. And I talked about this on my stories yesterday that you always need to keep asking yourself the tough questions. So while one month I might feel like, yes, I am so concrete in who I am and what my mission is, then maybe a month later I am questioning, like, what is my purpose? What, are, what am I supposed to be doing right now? Like, what, how am I impacting people? I think this is healthy. You're supposed to question yourself because we're always changing and we're coming up with new ideas and how are we going to get better and evolve if we're not constantly questioning ourselves and, you know, figuring out, what are my next steps? So right now I'm kind of in that transition where I'm where I know 
that I'm passionate about helping people get unstuck. And I'm, I'm really passionate about, you know, sharing my struggles through whether it's an eating disorder or depression, or if it's, you know, getting into my yoga practice, natural skincare, or if it's my gut healing protocol right now, that's like a major topic or getting off of birth control. These are all topics that I'm passionate about talking about, but how am I going to take all of this and wrap it up into a package and tie it with a pretty bow? That's something that I'm working on in terms of my rebrand. But I think when you take time to sit down, meditate, that's the biggest thing for me right now is meditate and introspection, asking yourself a list of questions. Am I living my truth? Is there somebody or something in my life that's not fulfilling me? Is there a relationship? Is there something I need to let go of that's not serving me? I have a blog post that pretty much lists everything that I ask myself during these more introspective moments. And that's kind of when I find the clarity. We'll link that post in the show notes. Cool. And what comes up with this, you know, you talk about these very personal things you're going through in your body and your spiritual life. How do you set healthy boundaries between who you are as a human, as Jules, and as a brand Jules? So I, I guess the, the easiest way to answer that is that I am my brand. Like if you, in the past, whenever someone wanted to know who are you, you know, and try to get a description of who I am, I'm just, I direct them to my blog. I said, look at my blog. That's me in a nutshell. You know, everything that I talk about is directly impacted by the things that are currently happening in my life. So while I do like to write SEO friendly titles, you know, how to get X, Y, and Z in X, Y, and Z days, whatever, that's not to the core of what I love talking about. What I love to talk about is, you know, I just recently launched a blog post about seven things I'm loving right now. It's very simple. No one's going to pin it on Pinterest. I don't care. I just wanted to share what I'm currently going through at the moment. And, you know, this next post I'm launching is about my move. So I'm just trying to share more personal things while also, you know, finding a business mind about it, but also staying true to the content that I like to create. So how much content that you share is strategic and how much of it is intuitive and in the moment of, oh my gosh, I need to share this with the world. And how do you find the balance between the two? I mean, I'd say it's it's a mix of both because you do need to have a sense of strategy for your business to grow and for people to find you. So that's why like SEO and, you know, smartly writing out your blog titles and, and your tags and your meta descriptions and all that is super important because if you're just writing personal things for just yourself and you're not thinking of your audience, then what's the point of putting it out there for the public? You also want to serve your community. So my biggest goal this year was to how was asking myself, how can I serve more people and give the people what they want while also fulfilling my needs as well. So I'd say it's a friendly mix of the both. I definitely listen to my audience in terms of what they're responding to. So if people are asking me more questions about, you know, like, how do I even transition into clean beauty? Like, I hear them. So that's something I'm working on right now, because I know it can be intimidating to just, you know, I don't want anyone to throw away their old makeup and start from scratch. That's a huge investment to make. So I want to help people transition one by one and make it a slow, seamless way to work into their life. I love that you're asking yourself that question, how can I serve? And for me too, when I get stuck on what am I posting, what am I sharing, and it becomes too much about me, me, and what I'm doing, I really bring myself back to what's going to bring the most value to my community mm-hmm. and really listening and responding to that. And at the same time, you know, both both you and I are bloggers and we make money from brand co- partnerships and content that we create for those brands on our blog, on our Instagram. There's always this question of, you know, back to authenticity and back to alignment. And especially when you're working with an agency or an agent or, or a PR agency, you know, it's finding this middle line between promoting things that pay the bills and that are aligned with you, mm-hmm. and then also supporting small brands that might not have the budget, but you're just obsessed with them. Totally. So do you have any rules around that, or is it just super intuitive and case-by-case? Case? If it's something that works seamlessly and organically into my life, then that's fine if they don't have a budget, if they're a smaller brand, but it's something that I I use daily or something that I really love and I want to share with more people, then that's fine. Um, I typically promote it with no strings attached. Like I don't even let them know. I'm just, I create content and I post it because I want to. But if it's a brand collaboration, it depends. You, you want to get paid for your time because if I'm going to take the time to promote a brand that I am passionate about, 
I want them to also appreciate the time that went into creating original content. So photography, you know, if I have to buy props or anything like that, if I need to set a scene, it takes a lot more than people think. So it's really just getting compensated for your time and your energy and your artwork, essentially. Because photography is, you know, your creative art, and that's something you're putting out there. And I'm also taking the time to share my personal experience about it through a caption or through stories. And you want to find a balance of posting organically, but in order to keep this going, you need to line up strategic partnerships that align with your brand. And one of the things I've personally taken on, I just did a blog post with Zappos and Brooks last week. And, you know, the way that it works in Casey Neistat is a perfect example how years ago Nike approached him and gave him a chunk of money and just told him, you know, we trust you in your creative vision and do whatever you see mm -hmm. fit. And what he did is he traveled the world. I think he went into like 10 countries in a span of like three days, something crazy like that. And he created this viral video that's all about the spirit of the Nike brand of just do it, just see the world, be adventurous. And that video got millions and millions of views wow. and promoted not just the brand, but also made him like this viral sensation. So that's how I see myself approaching this more and more is taking an idea and then making sure I have enough creative freedom to really share something that's going to bring me joy and mm -hmm. it's going to bring my community uh, value. Mm -hmm. So what I did with that post, instead of just doing, oh, here's me and my Brooks shoes, I br brought in a whole story of when did I first hear about them. I was in Russia when I was a teenager and I couldn't afford them. And now they're approaching me and paying me to wear the coolest and best running shoes in the world. And just sharing that, you know, humility and that personal story of, you know, really going for your dreams and, and trusting in yourself and believing in yourself and redefining what's hashtag sponsored is about. Yeah, I think that's such an amazing story. And I think that's what it takes a certain skill to be able to share sponsored content in a really genuine way. And not everybody puts that thought into it. And I'm the same way too. You know, like I only take on partnerships that I can work seamlessly into my life. And kind of the thing about like Victoria's Secret, that was actually one of the sponsored posts. I never thought I'd work with Victoria's Secret. For one, I'm very small chested. So when Victoria's Secret reached out, I thought they were talking about their sport collection. I'm like, okay, that makes sense, yoga, sport. But they wanted me to advertise their strapless bra. And to me, I'm like, wow. I, I always figured that they would hire someone who's busty. So I thought that was kind of interesting for them to even notice me and want me to work with them. So what did that open up for you? What did you get from them really seeing you? I guess I felt like I had a milestone in my career where I pretty much worked with every brand that I had dreamed of working with. And it kind of hit me. You know, like I've worked with my favorite brands. I've worked with Lululemon. I've worked with Athleta. But besides, you know, the activewear brands, I've been able to find the smaller brands like Sage Wellness. That's completely changed my life. Central Oils. Um, and also just digging more into uh, sustainable brands. Like that's something that obviously I feel like can be a luxury sometimes. You know, like if, to be able to afford the quality of products that are eco and sustainable, those are things that I try to make decisions towards every day, but it's definitely a transition. That's something else I'm talking to my audience about how, you know, you don't have to be zero waste right off the bat. You don't have to completely change all your wardrobe and change all the brands that you use. And it's just baby steps. So maybe I'm wearing a Victoria's Secret bra and maybe I have vintage jeans, you know, like something that I can try to work into my lifestyle and make it something that it's, it's, a, it's a longevity thing. So it's not something that's going to happen overnight. It's so interesting what you're saying. I've also, you know, I'm in a similar place where I feel like I've already worked with all the brands on my list except for Nike. Nike. Um, <laughs> hey, Nike. And, and so I'm asking myself what's next. And at the same time, I'm totally filled with gratitude because looking back when I was in the fashion world and I was looking at fashion bloggers, that was really the only type of bloggers back then. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, wow, wouldn't it be nice to be one? But I created all these stories in my head that I don't have the right style, I don't have the right look, I don't have the right body, like I'm never going to be one of these people that gets all this free stuff and gets paid by brands to promote fashion items. And then I just started doing what I loved, back to the sweet story, you know, with some struggle before that, but really sharing what I was passionate about, what I was learning about, and how it was impacting me. And sharing the tips and different, you know, ingredients and recipes that were helping me most so that someone else could benefit from them. Mm -hmm. And then I remember the day when a brand found me on Twitter and sent me a t-shirt. And that was like my breakthrough moment of, oh my gosh, 
I can like <laughs> say something that aligns with a brand online and I can get something for it. Yeah. It was so trippy and amazing. Yeah. And so now, you know, five years later since that happened, there's packages arriving all the time. Mm -hmm. There's like brands sending things all the time. It's like Christmas every day. It is. <laughs> and it's so beautiful. And I know you guys listen to this. I'm probably like, oh my gosh, we want that too. Or maybe not. But, you know, that's why... I love doing giveaways because I and giving away yeah. a lot to my friends and family because there's just way an overabundance of gifts, <laughs> which I never thought that is something that would be a problem. But mm -hmm. you know, I get packages where I don't know how they got my address, and it's probably from like a PR company that represents multiple brands. But there's just one brand that I just keep getting their makeup, and I I don't wear that makeup because I I. I stick to a non-toxic clean beauty routine. So I don't know how to find them and say, hey, stop sending this to me because I can't wear it. But instead, I'm just going to give it away. Mm. And that's typically my friends know when they're coming over, they're going to leave with a handful of gifts. It's actually funny now. Since becoming a blogger and getting so many you know, gifts and products in the mail, I've become a minimalist. So I stopped accepting majority of gifts unless it's you know a sponsored collaboration or it's something that I use on a daily basis, like essential oils or collagen peptides, um, matcha can always send me matcha. Me too. Yeah. Out of matcha. Always matcha. That's what's fascinating to me is that we went from wanting those things and maybe I came from not having enough money necessarily to buy all these things mm -hmm. to having an overabundance. Right. So what did it take and how in your story did you go from you know, you manifesting it out of social media, using social media as a tool to manifest the lifestyle that you want with all the different things that matter to you and bring you joy. You start to realize that more doesn't necessarily make you happier. Having an abundance of products and items doesn't necessarily make you happier. It might make you feel better. Take on less and only take on quality. So I shop less in general. And I make smarter buying decisions if I am going to get something. I don't impulse buy. While it seems really glamorous and people people want the free things, like, of course, I wouldn't trade it. Like, it's great not having to pay for shampoo and skincare. It's not everything. And I think it's more so connecting to why do I want this product? How is it going to make my life better? Does it make me happier? Then you can decide, do I want to actually let it into my house? It's not things that make you feel connected and happy and fulfilled. And in the beginning, it might seem like it is things. For me, it was also travel. One of the reasons for me to start a successful social media presence and blog was so I can travel for free. Yeah. And then I traveled so much from Russia to Bali to Brazil, and it was so fun and incredible and I created all this content. But then I just got so burnt out. So it's been three months And I haven't gone anywhere, which is a shocker for someone like me. I've been going somewhere all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm also in a place where I thought I want this and this is what's going to make me ultimately happy. And it wasn't that. Yeah. So now what makes me happy is really regrounding and, and clarity and helping people in different ways, you know, from social media and my wellness platform, Breakfast Criminals, to really empowering people to step into their highest self in their brand and put their message out there powerfully. But what is it for you? When do you feel the most connected and fulfilled and just at peace? I think that's always kind of changing, but I think what's always staying the same is the people that I'm surrounding myself with. So I feel the most grounded when I'm with Andrew, my boyfriend of four years, and when I'm getting back into my routine. I am a creature of habit. I love routine, especially morning routines and evening routines. Those are just the things that I feel like helps me connect back to myself. So I really need that time. And then the middle of the day can be complete chaos. But as long as I have my morning and evening routine, then I just feel so much better. But in terms of what makes me happy, that's always kind of changing. So one month it might be traveling. And, you know, I've been traveling nonstop since January. I am starting to feel a little burnt out, but I'm also in that go, go, go mentality right now. But as long as I stick to some of the constants in my life, like being surrounded by people that I love who genuinely care about me and I genuinely care about them, the other things don't really matter. And then also just letting everything just kind of go with the flow. Mm, love that. Definitely everything going with the flow. Always constant balance between strategy and flow. Back to that. Strategy and flow, yeah. And then something that we were just talking about in the kitchen um, is 
that very important step towards really knowing yourself and sharing yourself with the world and progressing as a human, as a soul, is just sitting with yourself. Mm -hmm. Just the way you are, with all your doubts, with all, you know, insecurities, issues, whatever there is that you're going through, I'm going through, all of us, just being with it. And that what came up is that with social media, we spend less and less time being with ourselves and more and more time outputting and also taking in information from other people. Mm -hmm. And so for me, how I create a boundary with that is when I do my morning routine, I don't look at my phone until I'm done with my morning routine. I've yep. meditated, I've centered, I've set an intention, and then I look at my phone. And hey, I'm not saying that happens every single day, right? but most of the days, that's what it is for me. And I'm curious, how do you find that you know balance between the two? Yeah, it's the same thing for me. I really try not to touch my phone, and I actually... I'm interested in getting a different type of alarm clock. I don't want my phone to be my alarm clock because then my phone is the first thing that I touch and I don't want it to be that way. So I go through my morning routine. I don't touch my phone until I drink my matcha. Although sometimes I insta-story my matcha. That's that. You know, like I said, I'm not perfect, but I don't scroll through Instagram. That's the number one thing. I might take my phone and take a picture of my matcha because social media, <laughs> it's my job but I don't scroll through my newsfeed. And actually what I have found to be more helpful is to go through who I'm following every once in a while and just unfollow the accounts that aren't inspiring me. And it's not in a way of being mean or not liking that person or liking that content. It's more so that I want to fill my feed with people that I want to see every day and I want to interact with them every day. And with the algorithm, I don't always see those people I'm really trying to make more conscious choices on who I follow, why do I follow them, do they bring me joy, does their content lift me up. If I feel anything but that, then I probably should unfollow them. But aside from that, I'm also just scrolling through my newsfeed less. Even throughout the day, I put my phone in a drawer. If I'm going through emails or if I'm writing a blog post, I don't need to have my phone out. I need to have my full attention on that task. And that's another thing that I, another goal that I set for myself this month was to give my full attention to every single task, every single person, whatever it is I'm giving my full attention to. So if I am having a conversation with you, I'm having a conversation with you. I'm not busy doing other things. I'm not fiddling with something in the background. I am focusing on this conversation with you. If I am writing that blog post, I am writing it from start to finish and I'm not going to stop. Wow, that's solid. Monotasking. Monotasking. <laughs> well, I used to be really big on multitasking, be like, oh, I can get so many things done do five things at once. But then I realized that's not something that I should be personally proud of because I think that my time is split in five different ways when I could really just put all my energy and make that one thing really great and check that thing off my list one by one instead of having five tasks that are halfway done, then nothing is actually completed. Totally. For you and I and a lot of people in similar shoes, we depend on technology to get our work done, to connect with people, really to do anything. And it's beautiful and the possibilities are endless and it comes with its own challenges like we've been just talking about, you know, the boundaries. And I'm curious, what is your biggest challenge being someone who is, whose job is social media? Yeah, boundaries is a big thing. Knowing when to stop working at the end of the day is a huge one for me. I love what I do and it's hard to know when it's time to shut it all down because I'm constantly having ideas so it might be nine o'clock and I'm sitting on the couch watching a show with Andrew and I'm like, oh, that just gave me a really great idea. Let me just get out my phone and type it in my notes. You know, you want to constantly feel inspired and have someone that you can bounce those ideas off of. So even though I might be working more hours than I ever had been in the past, it doesn't feel that way because I'm doing it. I'm doing something that I'm passionate about. And that energy is really contagious, especially for Andrew, because he's also like super inspired right now. And we're both just like vibing off each other with these new things. But I do still think boundaries are important. Focusing on your partner, especially at the end of the day, he comes home from work. We are trying to put our phones away. You know, I used to post at 9 p.m. I'm trying not to do that anymore. I'm trying to post more in the morning or in the afternoon because I want to save that time for me and Andrew and Luna. I don't want to feel like... Luna is the cute doggy. Luna is my dog. So when I posted at 9 p.m., I knew that from 9 to 10 p.m., I was going to stay on and respond to people, respond to comments right away, so I don't feel like I'm getting behind and I'm not acknowledging the people who take the time to write to me, because I think it's so important to acknowledge your community, obviously, like they are everything. Drawing that boundary of, I can't 
respond to every message, taking that load off, knowing that it's not possible for me to spend all day on my phone answering messages, answering comments, answering emails. I can't do it all. So taking that weight off of me and knowing that I'm not going to be on my phone after 8.30 p.m. after I eat dinner with Andrew, we are spending one-on-one time together and I'm going to focus on that. So that's kind of what I've been trying to focus more on. What Netflix show are you watching? I'm watching a couple different things. Not on Netflix, though. Okay. We were watching Hulu. I was watching This Is Us, that show that everyone keeps talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, I watched The Walking Dead. We... I watched Jane the Virgin. (laughs) That's my feel-good show. So I want to go back to you quitting your job in fashion before we get to some really fun questions. (laughs) And how did you know it was time? And how did you find the courage to be like, okay, I'm going to do my own thing? So I've quit my job on two different occasions without something lined up. The first time I quit was my first job out of college. I'd been there for a few years, and that was the job in fashion. I was working in design and production at the time. And that's actually when I started my blog. So my blog was started as an outlet for me to really just express who I am. I've always expressed myself in written word. So just like you, I've had many blogs in my day. I've had a fashion blog. Yeah, I've had many, many, many blogs. Always been a writer at heart. So that was just my outlet. Also, while I was writing my blog, I was writing tons of songs, just doing things that I needed to do to get through the workday. But what gave me the courage to quit that job was basically I I didn't have a choice. It was kind of, it was one of the situations where I was either going to stay for another fashion week, uh, bridal fashion week, or I was going to get out. I needed to draw a line at that point. I can't keep going through market and saying, oh, next time I'll, I'll leave next time. That time was there. So I had been saving my money, which is something you need to do if you're going to quit your job, save money. And then I just decided I was either going to quit and travel or I was going to quit and get my yoga teacher certification. And while I wanted to do both of those things, I ended up finding a training program in Nicaragua. So it kind of killed two birds with one stone. Uh, I think I quit at the end of September and then I left in October (laughs) for my training. So I was in Nicaragua for a month and I was there without internet, without my phone. And that was really the time that I needed to connect back to that question, who am I? What do I have to offer? Why am I even doing this? I was actually considering deleting my blog back then because I felt like I was writing to nobody. I didn't feel like anyone was reading it. I didn't feel like I was making an impact and I wanted to give up on it. After that training, I had so many ideas. I had written a bajillion blog posts. I wrote so many songs. I really just dissected who I was and what I wanted. And when I came back from the training, I realized I need to keep my blog. It's something very special to me, and the thought of losing it makes me want to curl up in a ball and cry. So I had a plan. I came back with a strategy, and I just started, you know, going full speed ahead at it, which meant, you know, becoming more active on social media, something that I, for so long, was trying to avoid because... Well, for one, I didn't want to seem annoying for posting every day. I didn't want to seem conceited for using hashtags. I was just so worried about what other people thought about me. And I needed to take a step back and realize it doesn't matter. If I'm passionate about sharing this and I need to put it out there, some people are going to get it, some people aren't. And I have to be okay with that. So what gave you that strength? Because a lot of us have that struggle of, do I share it or is it too much of me? You know, how, what is it within you, or maybe it's a practice or a tool or, or a thought that helped you give you the courage really to put yourself out there? When I did receive feedback from people, strangers online, that's when I realized those are the people that I'm speaking to. Those are the people that matter. I might have a distant relative who thinks it's weird that I'm posting yoga photos or I'm wearing a sports bra on a photo I'm putting on the internet. That's their problem. They're not my audience. And I, you just have to come to terms with the fact that you can't win them all. But if you keep putting yourself out there and doing what you're passionate about and you find that community and you tap into that community, you're going to feel the reward. And that's kind of what's happening. I didn't expect to be doing this as my full-time job. So back then, you know, that was, I think it was in 2015 when I did my training, came back, just went all in. I found another job in fashion, which later turned out to be a mistake. That's okay. You know, I needed to pay the bills. I needed to get back. You know, at that point, I wasn't ready to take my blog full-time at all. That was not even a thought in my head. Didn't even think that was possible. 
I started working at another fashion brand doing marketing. And that's actually where I started to sharpen the strategic tools and more of the business brain. So I left that job. It was a very toxic work environment, very similar to my first environment. And I got a job at a tech startup doing their social media strategy. And that was the first job that I ever had where I completely owned all the social channels. But I was wearing many different hats doing the strategy to doing the influencer marketing to creating the content and I was even writing for other bridal publications. It was just something that gave me a lot of experience but at that point it was the last job that I had before I quit and started taking my blog full-time. My blog was starting to get way busier. I was getting more collaborations. I started having people reach out with interest of me taking over their social media as a consultant, which was something that I had never thought of before. That's just kind of what gave me the confidence to say, I don't need this job anymore. I think there's something better waiting for me on the other side. I love the quote, on one side is risk, the other side there's reward, something like that. I do believe that, and I've never been afraid to take risks. I think that's something that my astrologer actually told me that she said I'm kind of edgy in the sense that I will make a decision that's so rash, kind of go with my heart and go all in. And even though I do have a very strategic mind behind things, I have no problem saying, oh, you want to go to Bali in a month? Sure, I'll be there. Hey, you want to quit your job and go to Nicaragua? Sure, done. These are things that I don't have to give much thought because I guess I feel connected to it through my subconscious, you know? Where do you feel in your body where you feel that connection to your subconscious and you feel 100% about something? I feel it in my gut and I've just gotten really good at listening to my gut uh, because usually it'll tell you before your brain will tell you. So you'll feel it in your in your stomach, in your gut, and it, it, it kind of spreads to everywhere else of your life. What I've learned is how to decipher when it's my gut or when it's my nerves telling me, you know, like you, you when you think that you want to do something and you're not sure if it's the right decision, you'll either feel like a pit in your stomach or maybe you feel butterflies. To me, like the butterflies mean, okay, like you're excited, you're anxious, but these are normal feelings. Maybe take that leap, see what happens. And my mindset with any of it, with leaving your job, changing paths, it's never going to ruin your life. You know, you, you can lose a job, you can quit a job, you can get fired from a job. You will bounce back and you will figure it out. Sometimes you need that kick out the door to finally get moving and to get set onto the path that you're meant to be on. So I really do believe in like baptism by fire. That's kind of how I've always lived my life. When I did decide to quit that last job with the tech startup, I felt really ready at that point. You know, I, of course I was nervous about being on my own, figuring out the money side of things in terms of like taxes and tracking everything and making sure that I made enough each month. And it was so weird. After I left that job, all the brands I ever wanted to work with reached out to me. And I just started to get this abundance of brands and opportunities coming through at a much higher price point than I had ever priced myself at. And that's when I found my manager who raised my rates and everything just started getting bigger and bigger and higher. And I didn't even expect that for myself. I didn't even know, you know, how to properly charge for services, for content. I didn't know about that, but I actually, I started consulting in social media and I still do that. And I started creating more content for brands. And since I quit my job over a year ago, I've more than doubled my salary. Amazing. Wow. So I'm very much into the work of uh, Wayne Dyer and Daniel Laporte. You know, if you want something, you have to first get into the feeling of how it's going to be when you already have it. And then you're going to attract it into your life. Mm -hmm. Not without action, of course. But first, it's really about adapting that feeling. And what I'm hearing is what happened is you created that space for those deals to come in. It didn't just come in, but you kind of have to stand on the edge and take that leap to mm -hmm. create that space first. Yeah, That's how it was for me too. And when, when what comes up, yesterday I watched a Netflix documentary Chef's Table with Dan Barber, who's one of the biggest leaders in sustainability uh, of food and really you know, supporting farms and farmers and incredible thinker and leader. And so he said something like, If you don't feel like you're standing on the edge and about to fall, you're not really moving forward. No, I, that's exactly how I feel. Yeah, exactly. I love that. So, you know, if you're feeling too comfortable, maybe there's a few questions that it's worth asking and sitting with. Another thing that I got from what you were saying is 
you know, your Instagram didn't start growing fast until maybe like a year ago. Mm -hmm. And I get so many people that ask me, I want to start sharing something really cool and important, but they're afraid of starting because it seems too saturated and there's no mm -hmm. space to grow. And what I keep seeing is that people who even enter now in the past few months, when they're really on point, their quality is super high, it's high value, and they're just being so unapologetically themselves and, mm -hmm. and vulnerable, they just really grow faster than anyone else. Yeah. No, I believe there's space for everyone. And I think starting a blog is an amazing thing that you can do for yourself. I believe starting a blog is self-love, being able to write out your emotions, whether you plan on making that a business or not. I advise everyone to start a blog because writing out, journaling, all of that is super important to your own personal development. Anyone who's interested in getting started, I, yeah, like there's tons of players out there, but there's also tons of people out there who maybe don't have like as clear of a vision as you do. And whether they do or don't, it doesn't take away from your experience whatsoever. So if you have an idea and you're passionate about it and it's something that you want to dedicate your time to and put out quality content and learn the ropes, you can turn it into a business. And I don't believe that it's too late. Things are always changing and there's always room for another voice. Totally. I so agree with this. Here's the fun question. Are you ready? I'm ready. What was your first screen name that you can remember? <laughs> uh, Love Dogs 91. Wow, say more about that. I was obsessed with dogs. Um, I used to go to the dog park with my friend Cody, and we would guess all the dog breeds, and then we'd go up to all the owners and be like, is your dog a Airedale Terrier? Because <laughs> he sure looks like one. And then we'd kind of make, you know, tally up the points of who wins. I used to watch Breed All About It on Animal Planet. I had dog encyclopedia books I would take notes in. I was obsessed. That is hilarious. Yeah. What is the first time you made a friend online? Does Vava Virgil count? What's that? <laughs> I'm just kidding. The AIM robot. That's hilarious. You could text the robot and be like, hey, Vava Virgil, what's the weather today? It's kind of like Siri and Alexa now, but it was on AIM. Um, my first internet friend... I mean, actually, Andrew was one of my first internet friends. You know our story, right? Yeah. Well, I would, I'm sure the <laughs> listeners would love to hear that. It's kind of um, crazy. Yeah. Andrew and I, I was in eighth grade. He was in ninth grade. And we became friends at a football game. Our friends introduced us. I was really shy. I probably said, like, two words to him. And then I, like, giggled and walked away. But then we started chatting on AIM. So we had pretty much a 100% internet relationship where, you know... We would talk all night, and we had a crush on each other, but we'd see each other in the hallways, and I would hardly say a word to him. I was just really shy around guys that I liked. If I had, I had tons of guy friends, wasn't shy around them one bit, but when I liked someone, I would not talk to them, and that was the case with Andrew. We used to burn each other CDs and pass it to each other in the hallway. I think I put Phantom of the Opera on his, and he put... Goldfinger on mine and that kind of fizzled out he invited me to go to church with him I said no because I was too scared and that was the end so I thought <laughs> and he switched schools in ninth grade so he spent the rest of high school at another school we lost touch but we stayed Facebook friends which is just crazy thinking about how social media is such a huge part of our lives without social media I wouldn't have my my man I wouldn't have him Um, or your business. Or my business, yes. What would so, you be doing? There exactly. Was no right? Exactly. And I wouldn't have my blog without Andrew because he designed it. And that's how we reconnected. So after he invited me to church in eighth grade and I said no, about eight years later, I think it was, I found him on Facebook and I knew he I knew that he did web design. And I said, hey, I want to start a wellness blog. What are your rates? Can we talk about this? He charged me a whopping $80 to design my blog. Oh, he and definitely overcharged you. He, yeah, he so overcharged me. Um, looking back, that's insane. I don't know why he gave me such a discount. He must have really liked me. He said he wanted to work with me. That was why. And at the time, I was dating a French guy. And yeah, I broke up with him to be with Andrew because because yes. I felt like something, there was something there. And then I realized he also wasn't as scary and intimidating as I thought he was when he was a skater boy in middle school. He's not as cool as I thought he was in the best way possible. He's super goofy and nerdy and I love it. And it's been four years since and he's my business partner in crime and my partner partner in crime. Wow. That's an incredible story. <laughs> Tracking back to your childhood, do you remember what your favorite computer game was? 
Oh, yeah. I liked Carmen Sandiego from, like, the cereal box. But I also played Animal Crossing and The Sims. I used to love Sims. I would play The Sims every time I came home from winter break. I would just play it nonstop. My friend Hope would come over, and we'd sit next to each other in the kitchen, and we'd play for 12 hours straight. We wouldn't even talk, but we'd just be in the room with each other making our Sims characters. Okay, I want to get a little more nostalgic here. Well, it's two questions. One is, what do you miss the most about growing up without social media? And then what is your favorite thing about social media being such a huge part of your life? I think I miss being 100% in the present and not thinking about another life online. You know, like if I was in a room with my family and friends, I'm not, there's nothing else I need to worry about. Those are the people that I need with me at that moment. But there's this whole other community on the internet that I love connecting with. So I think I miss that feeling of completely, completely in the present with no worries, not needing to check any emails or Instagram or anything like that. And I think also just reading books. I feel like I used to read so much and I do believe social media gets in the way of reading the amount of books that I used to read. And it's still possible. I can I can read books. I just need to stop being so distracted. Social media is very distracting sometimes. And then what I love most about social media is the fact that I wouldn't be doing what I love without it. And I owe it everything. Wow. That's incredible. See, that's what blows my mind. And that's why I really started the podcast is that putting yourself out there in social media and getting creative and sharing yourself and your ideas can give you the life, any kind of life that you imagine for yourself. So it's only going to go as far as your imagination. If you sit there and say, you know, I can't have this. I'm not one of those people. You're not going to have it. But if you just put yourself in it, stand on the edge, throw yourself right in there in the abyss of social media, there's so much that opens up. I think it's amazing because I never, you know, people, when you go to school, you don't always know like, what is the job that I want when I graduate? Some people don't fit into that box. Not that the box is bad, but some people don't have that direction. I used to envy the people who were like, I'm going to be a doctor. So to do that, I need to get this degree in undergrad that I need to go to med school. And then like, it was a very clear path of what they needed to do to get to where they wanted to be. And if you didn't fall into that category, you kind of felt lost. You kind of feel like, okay, I'm just swimming in the ocean. How do I actually, I'm not connecting to any of the jobs that, you know, you learn about in school and like the jobs that you think that your parents want you to have or vice, like whatever, you know, sometimes I didn't feel like I had a clear path. And so I actually switched my major. I started out in fashion design because I love designing lingerie and swimwear. And then I had this mental breakdown after my first year and I'm like, I want to go to musical theater school and be on Broadway. <laughs> and so I told my parents, I auditioned, got into this really awesome conservatory in Chicago couldn't afford it. My dad's like, I'm sorry, like you just can't go. So that's kind of when I stopped singing, actually, was when I couldn't afford to go to that school. And so I had to go back to the school that I was going to. I switched from design, went into fashion merchandising, and started minoring in marketing and photojournalism. Later, I would, I never knew that I'd end up in social media because that's not something they teach you in school. That's not something back then. It wasn't a career path. And that was just something I fell into. And now I'm like, I am in my element. This is what I meant to do. But I would never have known that when I was in school. So I think social media and the internet is just an amazing thing because you can create whatever you want from scratch, make it your own, make it your brand. Those Vine stars, people who used to prank their moms and they're now like these huge YouTube sensations, that is their job. They prank people for a living. How crazy is that? How come people, people can do that for a living? You can literally do anything you want. You know, like if you had some weird obsession with something, like you can, with crystals, you can create a career out of it. I mean, that's amazing. You couldn't do that back then. I love that. So do you remember the moment when you first saw someone on social media doing something really cool and being like, wow, I didn't even realize this is possible. Maybe I can do something like that. Jordan from The Balance Blonde was one of the first people that I followed. And what was her name? Tara, um... The whole Tara. I think back then she was the skinny Tara. I used to follow them and I didn't really quite understand that they were even making money from it. I just I just felt like they were sharing like food and I was really inspired by um, the raw, fully raw Christina. I was really into like the raw and vegan lifestyles. Not that I ever went fully raw, but I was definitely more plant-based back then. That kind of inspired me to share more about what I'm consuming. And it started to help me, you know, be more conscious about what I was putting into my body. And 
I think those were like the first two people I followed on Instagram. And had I started my Instagram back then, I feel like it would have, you know, been quite a different world today. But I, I, I started when I, when I started, and exactly. and that's fine. There's no regrets. But it's just interesting because now, you know, like Jordan and I, we have a connection on the internet, and we've met in person a few times, and we talk to each other through DMs, and I, it's crazy because like I used to look at her from afar and think, wow, like she's doing such amazing things, and now we're actually internet friends, and I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> what is the most important lesson social media has taught you, or a challenge that you've overcome that really opened something up for you? comparison is such a huge thing. I realized that you can get inspired, but you shouldn't use Instagram as your source of inspiration. I don't go on Instagram to find that inspiration. I might by chance read something that inspires me, but I shouldn't go there searching for it. If you want to come up with your own ideas, you need to, you need to source them from within. And I find that that's when I really see people responding to things is when I'm connecting to who I am, not listening to other people, trying to find my own path, There's so many people out there who's just trying to replicate what everyone else is doing. I've never been on that path. That's not what I want to do. That's not what I aspire to. And I think that's, it's not really been a struggle. It's more just a realization, something that I got to keep, you know, reaffirming, like you're doing what you need to do. Keep going and don't worry about what else is around you. Guys, can you see why I love this girl so much? <laughs> She's amazing. Just such a refreshing voice of, of truth and authenticity and being yourself. If you're not yet following her on her Instagram, Om and the City, go follow her. She is moving from New York City to Austin, so Ooh. she'll be dominating Texas. <laughs> and, you know, to wrap this up, it's been such an amazing conversation. Last question I want to ask you is, what makes you feel woke right now? What are you the most excited about? I'm excited about doing more things that scare the shit out of me. <laughs> So moving to a new state is extremely scary. Super excited about it. Taking on opportunities that I don't feel ready for, but making sure that I'm ready, you know, by saying yes to them and figuring it out. That's kind of what I've been doing. I've been jumping into opportunities, being like, I'm not so sure if I can do this, but I'm going to say yes, and I better be ready by April 19th. Totally with you on that. I used to avoid taking on things that feel bigger than me or that I'm not ready for. At least I made up the story that I'm not ready. And then I just started saying yes And creating a deadline. That's mm -hmm. what it does. Saying the yes creates the deadline and then you're forced. You're forced to figure it out. Otherwise, you know, it's not going to be good for anyone. So when you're under that pressure, you're like, okay, you need to, you know, you need to have this done and you need to show the product by the 19th. Or it's usually comes down to more like public speaking or like video stuff. I had an opportunity to do a yoga flow on camera and that has always freaked me out. But I said yes, and I'm doing it. It's with Adidas and Wonderlust, and it's going to happen when I get back from the Dominican Republic. And that scared the shit out of me, but I said yes, and it's happening. So I better damn be ready. <laughs> better damn be ready. One more question. What, what are the best social media platforms that people can connect with you? Instagram, 1,000%. But I also love connecting through my blog and the comments and through email, believe it or not. <laughs> wow, you respond to emails. I do my best to respond to emails. I know that there's some month-old ones in there, but I'm working really hard at that. Awesome. Jules, thanks so much for being on the show. And guys, thank you so much for listening. This is my first interview episode, and I'm kind of nervous because this is really something that's been the, my life's work coming together, all the topics that are most important for me, and having those conversations with people that just see it deeply and share so vulnerably. And so if this resonated, please share it with your friends. Please leave a review and I'll see you in the next episode.